Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel, and it's our special edition that we do every year. Not on signing day this year. COVID kind of messed that up a little bit. But uh, the day after signing day, we talked to both Marcus Freeman and Mike Denbrock and get their thoughts on the guys that are coming in as recruits for the 2021 season. Marcus, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Hanging in there and uh, exciting day yesterday for the Bearcats. And uh, first off, crazy year, pandemic, recruiting limited, no camps, no ability to get kids on campus. How were you guys able to hunker down and pull this thing off? Well, as you said, man, this is a a year that's never happened before. Um, You know, to me, the, the, the ability to create relationships the ability to earn the trust of these young people and their families um, without ever meeting some of we've never met in person. Um, we, we've obviously developed a relationship over Zoom, but uh, this has been a year that, you know what, the relationships that you develop with these kids and their families are what's going to get them to commit to university. And uh, I think we did an excellent job doing that. The other thing for me, there was a lot of talk throughout this cycle that we're going to see kids decommit. We're going to see a flood of decommit. How were you guys able to hold this thing together? Because a lot of it was done in, in March and April and May. It's back at the beginning of this thing. And you were able to get to the finish line with, with pretty much everybody that you targeted. Yeah. I think this, I mean, each one was different. I think for those kids that committed early and they were able to get to campus, uh, you know, you were developed a relationship with them, but then they couldn't visit anywhere else. You know, they couldn't go see other places and, um, they, they, they stayed with what they were comfortable with and what they, you know, trusted, um, with those kids that committed without being here, I think it's just a testament to the relationships that we built and, uh, uh, our staff has done a tremendous job. Um, and, you know, it's a testament to our head coach and to what everybody on his staff is doing and understanding that the number one objective or the number one key to signing these young men is developing that relationship. It doesn't hurt to be in the top 10 all year, does it? That, that helps. I think that, that helps. It helps attract them more than anything. You know, you want to believe that it's the relationships you build, but I think the success of the program has attracted a lot of people here and attracted a lot of kids to understand, hey, man, I want to be a part of something great. I want to be a part of something that you can win championships and develop. And uh, I think you're seeing the rewards from that. All right, let's get started. Uh, I won't start with the the guy at the top because he's slated for the other side of the ball, even though I know you got your eye on him. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt Uh, about it. (laughs) We'll start with Brian Threats, projected to come in as a safety. Um, Give me me the scoop on Brian and and one of the most electric athletes in the state of Kentucky, or in the state of Ohio, for sure. Well, I think he comes from an unbelievable program, and – you know, Coach Crabtree is somebody that Coach Fickle has known for a long time. Coach Crabtree actually coached Coach Fickle at DeSales. And so he's had a great relationship with him. And Coach Crabtree kind of said, hey, man, this is the best football player I've ever been around. And, and I said, well, he's better than Luke Fickle was. And he said, yeah, <laughs> say it, man. So, um, you know, Brian is somebody that we knew about for a long time. Um, you know, he committed early and we never stopped. We never stopped recruiting him. He was receptive. His mother was receptive. Um, and we just could continue to develop that relationship with him and uh, ultimately changed his mind and said, you know what, Cincinnati is where I want to be. Um, he had been on campus before. And uh, I think the relationships that we built with him kept him in, uh, 
kept him in the boat. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's an explosive player on offense and defense. You know, I think he sees himself as an all-around player. Um, I would love for him to be, you know, a safety for us, uh, uh, you know, be a black cat. But again, he's a guy that is going to be hard to keep him off the field on special teams. I'm sure he might try to play some offense like most high school players want to. But um, I think he can be a special football player for us. How's he project as a safety? Kind of a James Wiggins type? I, I see him. I think they got similar body types. You know, I, I, I look at him. They're explosive players. They're thick kids. Um, he's not a long, thin kid like mod and and some of those guys he's more of a more compact muscle um type body type so i see him as a wigs type player um we'll see when he gets here exactly how well he covers but i know he can freaking run and i know he can hit and i know he's explosive the quee lawton uh young man from west virginia that you guys were were all in on for a long time uh, a long recruiting process with z because he had a lot of big time interest. He had a lot of people that were really interested in his services. Six foot three, 240 pounds. Uh, he definitely fits kind of the way that you guys have gone with your edge guys. And uh, you have to love, as we get through this list, we'll talk more about it with each passing guy, but you're not bringing in 210 pounders and trying to make them edge guys now. You're bringing in 240 pounders and uh, trying to develop a little bit more uh, refined product. No doubt, man. Big Z, man, it's been a long process with him, you know, and it's been pushing, pushing, pushing to try to get him to jump in the boat. And finally, um, I think he said, what I'm done, this is what I want to do. And he's exactly what we're looking for in our, our defense alignment. Um, he's a guy that can play standing up. He's a guy that can play with his hand in his ground. Um, he can play a five. He can play a three. He can play a jack. He can do a lot of different things. Um, but he's a man child. You know, you see him in real life and you look at him. Uh, he plays ball, man. This dude is a, a man child. He's a developed dude, and uh, I think he can have an immediate impact for our defense. How much of a difference does that make? Like uh, comparing to a guy like like Majay that came in at what two ten, two fifteen, if he was even that, yeah. uh, to not have to spend you know that first full year getting his body right. Yeah, I mean, you physically have to be mature enough to play at this level and you can be athletic as you want to be um, but if you're not physically ready to play and take this pounding uh, it's going to be extremely hard to play um, for our defense or for our team and um, Z is a guy that physically I think could come in and, and be ready to go right away and uh, so so you don't have to mature him physically but there's a mental gap that the faster they can understand mentally what the expectations are um, the faster they'll be on the field. Another guy that fits the mold physically listed at six foot five, 265 pounds. The, the last of the recruiting class uh, that committed on Tuesday, Robert Jackson from Archbishop Wood, uh, a big boy. Boy, he, I mean, he looks the part. He's only played football. This is his second season playing football. So uh, you get a nice little ball of clay on this one, don't you? No doubt, man. Something you can start molding right right away. And uh, Big Rob's a guy that we've been, again, just like Z, recruiting for a long time. He just committed last week. And, and I think what Big Rob is, is you said it. You don't know what you're getting, but you know you got some pretty clay that you get, you get a chance to mold. And um, I'm excited for him. Uh, he's got a great family. Uh, Colin Hitchler did a great job, him and Greg Scruggs, recruiting him. Um, it, it's who knows what he's going to be. You talk about a guy that's played a year and a half of football. You know, this is almost half of a season for a lot of high school kids. And, and I think his upside is tremendous. And I look forward to getting here.
boundary edge probably for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's a little bit in the Z-boat where he can be a multiple position guy. I think you start them outside and figure out where their bodies grow to and what their skill set is and, and put them in the best position to be successful. Legacy, Jack Dingle, Trinity High School, Louisville, Kentucky. The, the, you got to love recruiting Trinity because you know those kids are coming in coached. You know they're coming in from a winning program. They expect to win. And Jack looks the part and you know looks on the field exactly like a guy that you can play again probably multiple different linebacker spots at least yeah you know we had jack in camp two years ago and uh i'll never forget man looking at him saying hey this is little dingle this is big dingle. you know he's a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot thicker than his brother um but man he's a kid i saw live i left camp and saying okay we're gonna offer this kid you know i want to see one game and i watch his game film and said, we're gonna offer this kid you know, and, and obviously his last name means a lot to the University of Cincinnati football program. Um, but this kid's special. You know, he's not his brother. His brother's obviously a safety, um, a different type of football player, whereas Jack is long and thick and, and a guy that is explosive and makes plays. And, and Coach Fick got to see him live in person two years in a row because they played Moeller twice. And, yep. and he is a good football player, man. And, and it's going to be interesting to see where his body goes. You know, he's a probably six two six three kid right now that's probably 200, maybe 20 pounds. Who knows? But you talk about when you get into a weight room and you start developing, his body's going to grow. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. First local, Issa Jarman, a guy that you uh, you have known about for a long, long time, uh, especially with that, that great secondary at LaSalle. Uh, listed corner. Uh, Coach Vick talked to you. He could see him corner. He could see him safety. Uh, but a, a kid that has played a lot of really big-time football for LaSalle. Yeah, it comes from a great program where, you know, their defensive backfield I put up against anybody in the state, um, maybe in the country. Uh, Issa, we're excited to have him. You talk about making a, a emphasis on keeping the best kids home. Um, and he's a kid that had multiple offers coming out. And uh, we were able to get him early with him and his family and get a good relationship building with him. And, and to be able to keep him home when he had multiple Big Ten schools coming after him and, and many other universities there that are good football programs trying to get him to get this kid to stay home uh, was a big, big get for our defense and for our program. So I'm excited for Easton his future here. A kid that I love his tape and have uh, from the beginning, Armorion Smith uh, out of Michigan, 6'2", 190 pounds. Uh, I said this to you when we talked a couple days ago. Uh, the kid that, that most resembles to me Derek Forrest that you guys have recruited since Derek Forrest. Yeah. Yeah. The man child, you know, he is a, he is a very mature kid. You talk to that guy and you're going to be like, okay, is this kid in high school or is he 23 years old? You know, he is a, he is a tough leader. The things his coach told us about him, um, you know, it, it's, it's, he has everything plus the film. you know, he has everything that you want um, in the football players uh, to go along with the film, you see him flying around, hitting folks. He's going to be a big guy. I don't know how big he'll be, but he is going to be a big kid um, that loves to hit, loves to play the game, and is very mature, man. He is a natural-born leader, and uh, he'll be a great addition to this defense. I've got Caleb Schmitz listed as an outside linebacker, but he's coming in as a tight end, so we won't talk about him either. Might we'll have see. your eye on. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. You know, I always keep my eye roaming now. <laughs> uh, Leroy Bowers, Princeton. 
coming yeah. in at safety, another 6'2", 200 pound, like Armorian, a kid that's got a great, great frame, great build, probably coming in as a sniper, right? Or, or dollar now, as you guys call it. Yeah, I mean, again, him and Armorian, both guys that I think could be three position guys. They could be safeties, they can be snipers, dollars, they can be backers, they can grow. I mean, who knows? Let's, let's, let's figure it out once they're here, but we know they're a heck of a football player. You know, Leroy is a guy that, again, a hometown hero that we said early on, we have to keep this guy home. And, you know, he looked around and he had a lot of offers and said, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here in Cincinnati and uh, great family. He comes from a great school. He comes from, um, he is a football player and, and that's what we look for. Guys that can make plays, run around and hit. And, uh, and I can't wait to see the future Leroy has here. And just another example, we talked and joked about this last year. You love safeties. You love safeties in high school because, like you said, you, they, they can be pretty much – some can be a corner, it can be an outside linebacker, a safety, or a, grow into a, a middle linebacker, whatever, but those are the athletes. Yeah, I think you see that on a lot of high school teams is that their best players on defense a lot of times just play safety because you can't run away from them. You can't isolate them. You can't throw it away from them. They're, they're able to always find a way to find the football. And, and I think when you look at offense, a lot of high schools now, high school teams put their best player at quarterback because they always have the hand, their hands on the ball. And so I love the safety position in high school because to me, that's where a lot of times the best football player on defense goes. And uh, um, I look forward to seeing where a lot of these kids end up into or they go inside, they go outside, they play corner. Um, it's exciting to see. Let's let's keep the train moving then. Isaiah Cox, yep. 6'2", 185 pounds, played yeah. safety in high school. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the one that I don't see change of positions. He's probably the one that plays safety and that you would would say, hey, I think he's going to be a safety, you know, for sure. Again, he's got probably the one that covers the most. He's, they're asking him to cover and play safety like we usually play our safeties. Um, Isaiah had a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. He's another kid that we've been on for a long time. And, um, man, the kid is, is athletic. The kid makes plays on offense and defense. Um, and gosh, man, it's going to be exciting to see where, uh, you know, he ends up, but, um, God, I think he is a very, very good football player and an extremely talented safety. And don't let the ranking fool you on that one, because I know you guys have had him as high as anybody on your board, like you said, for a long time. Yep, identified him early on, very early on, identified him and said, hey, this was one of our top two safeties that we have to get. And uh, we kept working him, kept working him, kept developing his relationship. And ultimately, he said, you know what, I'm going to come to University of Cincinnati. And it's a, it's a great, great win for all of us. Let's move back to the defensive line. Five seniors there, so you guys needed – uh, to, to add some some bodies there. Uh, two guys now uh, that we'll get to, Jalen Monroe we'll start off with, uh, originally from Chicago, had a rough go of it in Chicago. It's been well documented. Got to Jefferson, uh, Lafayette, Indiana, Jefferson High School. Really started to blossom there as a football player. Again, 6'4", 258. Uh, when, when you see him, you see a Division One defensive lineman. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jalen's a, a man. He's obviously come from a, a lot of a, a heavy background that many young people his age haven't had to go through. Um, finally got some stability as he got to Lafayette, Jeff. And um, I'm familiar with the obviously that school in that area being that I spent some years there at Purdue. And, uh, you know, we we, we had him at campus before and, and we knew about him early and watched some scrimmage films early. And uh, man, he is uh 
he's a kid that's just developing and he'll continue to develop. Um, he's a kid that I don't know where his body will go to. He is a big, thick kid that to me has a lot of room to grow. And uh, that's, that's exciting because he's an outside guy, he's an inside guy. Um, we'll figure it out once he gets here and gets into our weight program. Coach Brady will do a great job with him and uh, I'm excited for him. Jamal Williams, the other one, uh, dipping back into Florida for an edge guy. This one's 6'4", 225, and he has that length yeah, uh, that, that yeah. jumps out that you look for. Right. He's going to be the one that has the long arms, the long legs, the, the you know, the Maje Sanders-type body. Um, you know, he is a, a freak. You know, he's had a really good program down there in Florida. We had some connections at the high school um, to the University of Cincinnati and. uh Again, he's a kid that was highly, highly recruited, and we had to fight for. And even after he committed, we had to continue to fight for. And it's hard because you know him being all the way in Florida, and us being up here, it's hard to, you know, there's a lot of room for for people to try to get to him. You know, and it's a heavily recruited school. But um, Jamal, to me, it has that body, that length that you're looking for um, to play our end, You know, and and a, a body frame that will continue to get bigger, that will get big enough to play. Uh, what we're looking for in our ends here. And um, it's exciting to have him on board. Jonah Lytle, uh, defensive back, Canton McKinley, one of the great high school programs in the state of Ohio. Uh, he was a little bit of a, a guy that popped up later in the process, but had a great senior year. Yep. Jonah was a guy that, you know, we have a great relationship with his head coach, Marcus Wiley at uh, Camp McKinley. And, and he's a guy that came onto our radar a little bit late. We watched his film and said, man, this kid is a really, really good football player. And, uh, you know, Marcus is a guy that we take his opinion um, very strongly. And he said he's not only a great football player, a great young man. And when he, when he we got him to commit, uh, man, it was a huge gift for our secondary. And I think he's going to be a, a great player for us. Another addition to the secondary, Malik Rainey, uh, a little smaller than than some of your your defensive backs, but you need guys to to play inside. You need guys that have that that in space quickness uh, that Rainey yeah. has to cover the slot because there's a ton of shifty, fast slot guys in this league. Yeah, yeah, he's a guy that I think you could see him playing nickel for us. Um, man, he he comes from a tough program. His coach is is a, a straight shooter that's going to push those guys. So, you know, he's going to be tough. Comes from the same school as John Williams, who's already here. Um, so, you know what you're getting with that kid, a tough kid that's a football player. He's, when he, and his, he's another coach that uh, if he says, yeah, he's a guy, then we're going to take his opinion with the utmost respect. And um, Malik was a guy we wanted early. We pushed him. We pushed him and hey, we had a great meeting with him and his family over Zoom. Um, and, you know, it, he was all in. And he was continuing to get recruited. You know, fortunate for, I guess, for, not fortunate. I wish he could have played, but you know he's a kid that in that Chicago area they did not play football this year, and yep. so you know, it prevented some people to being able to get in there late. Um, but man, he's going to be a great addition. He's a guy that's going to early enroll, and so we'll start working with him really soon. Is he an aerospace engineer too, like John? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past him, but I don't think he's going to be an aerospace engineer. John's a different breed, right? He came in from day one. He came in from day one talking talking smack to Alec Pierce about who's the smartest kid on the team. I was like, I, I don't know if that's the smoke you want. Alec, Alec's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty good. Um, but John, I'm telling you what, John's a special player. I noticed him really early in camp. I said, who's this freshman kid that's out here pushing people around and knocking people out of their gaps? And there it was, John Williams, man. And uh, I can see it over the course this year. He's going to be a special talent for us. 
Finally, defensively, Dante Corleone, the godfather, godfather. the first commit. The, the, yep. the first commit in the 2021 class. Uh, this is a kid that the, I saw him like the day after he committed, he came to a game and he's standing on the sidelines and you look at him and you go, that's, that, that's a, a junior in high school. Like he is a tank of a human being. He is a man. He is a grown man, big hands, big old feet, man. And, and I remember his coach called and said, Hey man, he's the next Terrell bird. I'm like, okay, you're, good. you're in. <laughs> you're good. And uh, we, we, we wanted him in first and we pushed him in and he's the one that's kind of pushed his class and started molding this class together. I told him, man, that you never forget the first commitment in our four right. years here. I, you never forget the guys that, you know, the first ones to jump in and take the leap of faith. And, and those guys are the ones that are start recruiting. And Dante did that, man. Everybody in this city loves and respects Dante Corleone. Everybody, every recruit, every coach and uh, you can see, man, the impact he had on this recruiting class. Inside guy. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah, we won't see him yeah. on the end. No, 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 no. Big Dante is going to be right there over the center, right there over the ball, and he's going to be a havoc for that center all day long. Um. All right. I, I think that you're not allowed to talk about the, the transfer yet, are you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I can't wait. Man. Just Whatever I can't say, I can't wait. <laughs> oh. All right. We appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for coming on, taking 20 minutes or so out of your day to talk to us. And uh, good luck Saturday in the championship game, bringing AAC title to Cincinnati. No doubt. Thanks, Chad, man. Beat Tulsa, baby. Let's go. All right. And with that, obviously, special thanks to Marcus Freeman. We bring in offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock to talk the other side of the ball. And first off, Coach, you better be careful. He's 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 looking at some of your guys like a, like a nice Jeff Ruby steak. Well, that's normal. I mean, you know, I mean, we, <laughs> we, we, we not only recruit our side, but we try to fill our roster as much as we can with athletes that are desirable to both sides of the ball, just in case you never know. The, uh, the, the number one stake he's looking at <laughs> Shaman Mateer, uh, the, the top recruit in this class coming in as a tight end, six foot five, 220 pounds. And you guys kept this one quiet. You, you snuck up on everybody with Shaman Mateer and, once he committed and, and I got a chance to start taking a look at his tape. Oh boy. Like, yeah. uh, Oh boy. Oh boy. That's yeah. that you're, you're a lifelong tight end coach. You've seen a lot of tight end prospects. He's up there, right? Oh yeah. I mean, great tools. First off, you know, just as far as his length and, and, uh, you know, not just his length, but I mean, you, you combine that with the athleticism and you're talking about, you know, uh, a Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, uh, type of body type that can run and catch the football and, and athletic in space and do do all the jobs that we require our tight ends to do because they're such a big piece of what we do and and uh, he's he's obviously a great fit from all those standpoints. He and he's a kid. You might not only have to to keep Marcus Freeman away from him. You might have to keep John Brandon away from him with the triple double he put up this week. That was unbelievable. I mean, I we we watched the highlights of it as a as an offensive staff and. Uh, I mean, he's supposed to be like the third best player on that team, uh, <laughs> and he's triple doubling it and uh, and doing things. So uh, I'll try to hold Marcus at bay as much as I can. But uh, listen, if the hoopsters need him uh, to get over the hump, then let's go. <laughs> uh, you talk about and Luke talks about being an offensive line driven program. The next two guys uh, put a huge emphasis on that. We'll start with Luke Collinsworth, two local kids. 
Luke from East Central uh, over in Brookville, Indiana, 6'6", 300 pounds. And he's the type of guy you're looking for outside, right? 100%. Yeah, I mean, Luke, you know, the best thing, you speaking of basketball, I mean, I think what convinced us and, and sold us right off the bat was not only that, you know, Luke was a quality uh, prospect on a lot of different levels, but watching him play basketball and, and watching his ability to move his feet and uh, bend his knees and, you know, all those things that translate to the game of football, uh, I think was, was the slam dunk selling point. Uh, and obviously him being uh, a local guy from just down the road uh, was a huge priority for us. And, uh, you know, we feel very blessed and, and fortunate to get him here. I saw in his senior tape, he, he looked like as a senior, he got quite a bit more aggressive. He was finishing blocks. He was, he was putting guys in the dirt and, and it looked like in his development, uh, he took a pretty good jump that, in his senior year. Yeah, I think you could see, you know what I mean? Speaking of, I think you could see the athletic things that you liked. Um, you wanted him to be, you know, we, we talk a lot about Clifton-style football and, and tough and nasty, and, and I think we wanted to see more of that from him. Uh, and obviously, I think if you look at his senior highlights, that that's really starting to show itself through. And happens with a lot of guys. I mean, they, they kind of develop themselves in the weight room, and then all of a sudden they're out there getting after people the way you need them to. Sometimes it takes a little while for a six, six kid to grow into his 300 pounds too. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, God forbid you grow up in the state of Indiana. Sometimes you think you're a basketball player. <laughs> we, we, we know, uh, we knew from the beginning, we, we wanted him to be a football player and, and he's come to the same conclusion and we're happy that he did. One guy you're not going to have to teach how to be mean and nasty is Walnut Hills product, Mal Glenn, uh, the Hulk as they call him. And, uh, physically, they. When did they start making high school kids like that? Because even as a junior, you looked at him and you went, "My goodness!" Yeah, just a monster uh, of a human being, and 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 somebody that translates that to the football field with the way he plays. And you know, going to be a really, really solid core player in that interior of the offensive line, and in uh, you know that push that you need in the middle of your offensive unit. Uh, he's going to be able to provide that, and he's he's a He's a finisher. He's a guy that uh, loves the grind of it, loves the physicality of the game, and and that's what we need in our offensive front. And you know the name when you see Walnut Hills, you, you know you're getting a kid that's uh, a, a great student as well. No doubt, and, and it's you know the well-rounded people that come out of <laughs> of Walnut Hills on so many different levels, and you know obviously that makes him a great fit and. You know, we that's one of the criteria we quite frankly look at when we're recruiting offensive linemen. I mean, I you need to be someone who can think on your feet and, and, and be someone who's a little bit quick with the thought process, and and he certainly brings that to the table as well. Miles Montgomery, running back out of Florida. You dip back into Florida for another skill guy. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. This is a guy I'm surprised you were able to pry out of Florida, and I know he had a lot of people – sniffing around late and, and trying to get his interest. He's had two incredible seasons uh, as the main back at Fletcher. And he's a guy that not only has some ability to run inside at 5'10", 195, but he's got that, that breakaway speed too when he hits the open field. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a Jared Dokes type uh, running back that... Uh, he's got 40 that. pounds till he gets to Jared Dokes though. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that inside running instinct, I think, that power game um, that we covet so much in what we do offensively. Um, and then, you know, you you kind of 
look a little bit maybe at, at, at Jerome and his ability when he gets in the open field to maybe, uh, you know, break the long run and do those things. And we felt, you know, from the beginning that he was going to be a, a cornerstone of this class uh, just because of the versatility and, and uh, do do all the jobs type of running back that he can be in uh, to, to keep him and, and land him and, and have him be part of this is, is just going to help propel our offense, I think, to a, a, another level. How big was it to get him here right before the shutdown? Because it, you got a chance to get him into a spring practice and let him see how things operate. Um, how much of a factor do you think that played in being able to keep him throughout? Well, we definitely ran the ball a lot that day uh, <laughs> just, just to, to, to make sure that, uh, you know, he knew that, uh, you know, running the football was a cornerstone of who we are. And, and, uh, I, but I mean, having him the ability to, to, you know, what we've lost with some of these guys was the ability to get them on campus and sell the vision and not only sell it, but give them an opportunity to see it firsthand. Um, that usually seals the deal pretty quickly with a lot of these guys. And not, you know, him being able to get in right before, you know, all that got chopped off was a huge, huge piece of the puzzle, obviously, uh, being a Florida kid to begin with. We'll go back to your tight end room. Uh, he's listed as an outside linebacker, so you got to be careful here again. But <laughs> another great athlete, uh, Caleb Schmitz from, uh, from Pennsylvania, Work High School. Uh, and his tape, again, 6'4", 200 pounds, shows a guy that can catch the ball in space, that can can do the things athletically that you need your tight ends to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, probably as comparable to to a Josh Wiley type guy is uh, as you're going to find on the roster and somebody that, you know, I think also, you know, loves the physical part of the game. I mean, you, you watch his defensive highlights. Uh, once we get a couple pounds packed on him, uh, he's not going to be afraid to stick his nose on people either and play that physical style that we like so much. But, uh, you know, the athleticism, the, you know, playing wide receiver, more wide receiver than, you know, maybe H-back tight end type stuff than he, you know, that he did in high school, I think, is just going to kind of expedite his ability to help us in the passing game early. And then as he develops physically, uh, give him an opportunity to, to do more jobs. How important, and I know tight end was a, a, a critical piece for you guys in this cycle. Um, you know, you're looking at Lenny's going to be going into his, his fourth year. Josh, while he redshirted, uh, will be going into his fourth year. How important was restocking that tight end room and, and not only restocking it, but I know there was a point early in the process where you're kind of pulling your hair out thinking, you know, where are we going to, where are we going to go, uh, to, to make this thing work? And then you come out of it with uh, two of the better prospects in the class in your room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little, uh, you know, we had an early commit that uh, uh, decided to look uh, at other opportunities, which kind of put us behind the eight ball because we put a little, a lot of stock in him being part of this class. And then we're kind of looking for more of an inline guy to, to kind of pair with him. And when that happened, we had to kind of readjust uh, where we were looking. And obviously that took us all the way to Florida to find what we thought was the best fit. And then, uh, you know, took us up, up in Pennsylvania to, uh, to, to bring a guy home whose family actually is, is well-rooted in Ohio. And, in uh, you know, his dad obviously works just up the road in Columbus a lot. Um, so it, it was, a it was a, a very, you know, fortunate and unfortunate situation, but it opened the door for two guys that I think are really adding value to this, to this class in particular. The wide receiver room gets a little attention here with back-to-back -back guys and, uh, 
you go up into Illinois and you get Will Pauling, 5'10", 165, very good um, in-space guy, a guy with good speed, and, and a guy that and I'm guessing probably projects to the slot when he gets here? Yeah, I think you you put him in that same camp of a, you know, a Trey Tucker, Jay Sean Jackson type of player and his impact and the ability to to get the ball in his hands various ways, whether that's jet sweeping him or, or throwing him bubbles and, and doing some things where uh, he can help break people down in space and, and, and use his athleticism. You know, I, he's a guy that we really identified early in the process from having had him at camp here uh, as somebody that we could uh, kind of fill that, fill that next, next great slot receiver here at UC. And, and he's certainly got all the tools to do that. And then you go outside with uh, one of the, the last additions to the class this week. Uh, you dip into Texas for Drew Donnelly, 6'2", 170 pounds, and uh, 10 500 speed, uh, reported 434 laser 40, uh, and, and a kid with good size, good pedigree. Uh, and, and anytime you can get a kid whose dad is nicknamed White Lightning, you, you kind of <laughs> have to you kind of have to take that, don't you? Well, he didn't fall too far from the gene pool. Uh, <laughs> He may be White Lightning Jr. or whatever you want to call him. Uh, he, he can certainly run and, and pick him up and put him down with anybody. And it's going to give us, I think, uh, again, just add to that presence on the outside of our offense for a guy who can be uh, a vertical threat in what we're doing and, and kind of scare people back into playing us honest and, and, and make sure that they're, they're giving that guy a lot of space because if they don't, he's going to run right by you. So, uh, you know, I, I think obviously, you know, his dad uh, in his his time at Ohio State and then with the Cowboys and in, in uh, his long career, uh, he's a guy who's who's grown up around it, uh, living it. Uh, he's a grinder, just like his dad was and uh, loves to improve his game and work hard at it. And I think he's he's going to be somebody that uh, Bearcat fans are going to be really, really happy with. Speaking of players who had dads were decent players at Ohio State. Uh, back in the day, way back, he, uh, Luke was quick to point out yesterday that he's not quite as old as Doug Donnelly. Um, but I think <laughs> they only missed each other by like two years, I think. Right. Come on. Uh, Landon Fickle, uh, a young man that really, I think, in watching kids, improved as much from junior to senior year as, uh, as anybody I've seen in this class. Uh, he really came into his own as a senior. And he gives you a guy with what, 6'5, 275, gives you a guy with some potential inside to be a really physical player for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the number one thing that attracted us to, to Luke from the beginning uh, was that he, he inherited more of the gene pool from mom than he did from dad. And <laughs> that, you know, just from a, you know, from, from that standpoint alone, I, I thought he put him on his our radar. But, you know, he's somebody that, you know, Two years ago, three years ago, obviously he's been to every camp that we've had. He's been to to all of our clubs. He's 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 somebody who has steadily just got better and better and better at, at how he plays and where he puts his hands, where he puts his feet, um, his his toughness, his aggressiveness that he plays with. You know, in he was somebody that, quite frankly, regardless of what his last name was. Uh, we couldn't ignore uh, and, and somebody that can be a cornerstone, I think, of our offensive line headed forward. And that's why we recruited him. And that's why we're so happy to have him as part of what we're doing. I, I saw him at a camp as a sophomore going against a, uh, a junior Justin Watley. 
And uh, he's come a long way from then because that was a that was a rough day for Landon Fickle. <laughs> well, listen, it, it, every day in practice right now is a rough day for our offensive tackles when Justin lines up against them. So, uh, you know, it you're talking about a, a perennial, really, really good player who's going to yeah. play a lot of football here. And then, you know, and but I think it speaks more than anything to to a lot of the things that we value uh, in the offensive lineman that we recruit. I mean, he's a He's a worker. I mean, he's a he's a dig in uh, elbow grease guy who's who's just going to get better and better. And then finally, your your signal caller uh, for this class, a kid that goes down as maybe the the best quarterback in Toledo high school football history. Nine thousand yards passing uh, what one hundred and forty something touchdowns and and like thirty interceptions. His, his touchdown to interception ratio was was absurd. And this is a kid that he understands offense, right? He understands getting the ball out on time, getting the ball out accurately and, and where to throw guys open. And you just watch his, his game and his arm talent and it instantly jumps off the tape. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a football family guy. I mean, you, you go back through um, and in that position in particular, somebody who has spent their whole life training to be a quarterback uh, and knew that's what they were really good at. Um, his development as far as from the mental side of the, of the, you know, playing the quarterback position is, is as far along as any young player that, that I've been around in my time coaching in, uh, and then you add that to the arm talent, to the, to the physical things that he can do on the football field. Um, and what you got more than anything is you got a winner on top of that. You've got a kid who's, who's not only used to winning, but expects to win and, and compete at a high level. And that's exactly what you're looking for when you're trying to fill up that quarterback room. And he was the second commit in this class. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he was one that you really didn't even have to push. He just kind of came to you guys and was saying, I'm ready to be a Bearcat. Yeah, I think he, he really, you know, he's, he's a kid that really did his homework uh, as far as studying the offensive style that he wanted to play in and, and the, the program and the structure of the program that he wanted to be a part of. Uh, I think he could be talented enough to play at a lot of different programs. Uh, we feel fortunate that he chose us for those reasons and he made his decision really early. And then I think did an unbelievable job of, of keeping in contact with these other guys and helping recruit this class. It was a huge piece of the puzzle. When you, when you get that quarterback in place early, um, that's a big dividend down the road with helping get other guys on board. You talk about football family. As I was talking to his dad, it turns out my uncle played at Moorhead State and was roommates with Phil Sims when Phil Sims was at Moorhead State. His grandpa was a coach on that Moorhead State staff. So you, you how far back the Lichtenberg family goes in football. Yeah, uh, there, there's no doubt. And it shows. I mean, it, it shows just with, with his poise, his knowledge, uh, and then obviously his ability to play. Uh, overall, I mean, it, it, maybe not as many. You went offense heavy, especially in the last class, uh, restocking the wide receiver room and and adding a lot to the offensive line, maybe not as much numbers uh, in terms of uh, offense on this class, but quality-wise overall, you have to feel pretty happy about how things turned out. Yeah, I think I think we viewed this coming into the recruiting cycle as, you know, a class that we needed to kind of, you know, fit some specific needs that we knew we were going to have, uh, but in particular, just add to the great players that that we've been able to attract here over the course of the last couple of recruiting classes. We're, we're a pretty young group on offense, which is good news. Uh, but these guys are going to add to that, I think, 
uh, very, very well. They're going to fit in very well. Um, and a great thing about it is they're all super competitive kids uh, that are going to fight their way to, uh, to get to the top of the depth chart. And, and uh, I hope they do that sooner rather than later. And obviously some of these guys are early enrollees, which is awesome. And uh, we'll get them here and get them working. I asked Marcus this to start out the podcast. I'll ask you, how, how difficult was, was this cycle? Not getting to see kids in person, not having to adjust and adapt on the fly and, and figure it out. Uh, and not only, you know, was it, was it difficult, but you guys managed, you know, we, we talked about one decommit. I think there was one other on the other side of the ball. You guys managed to, to keep these kids, uh, excuse me, to keep these kids in the fold once you got them here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's obviously a testament to, to the staff's hard work and, and, and not only uh, the guys in the recruiting office, um, the things we do with graphics and the things we do with videos. And, and, you know, that was even more important in this cycle just because you couldn't touch these guys face-to-face. I mean, uh, you know, FaceTime probably got rich uh, off of the number of times we had these guys on FaceTime <laughs> just, just trying to make sure the connection that needed to be there was there and that they understood uh, a lot more about us, um, you know, over the, over zoom calls or whatever, you know, way we could communicate with these guys, as opposed to being able to do it face to face. It was a huge challenge. Um, you know, big props to uh, everybody in the recruiting department and, and what they did and Kelsey Sharkey and the stuff that she does and, and the rest of the coaches on this staff. I mean, just, uh, really, really well done. Your thoughts on those guys yesterday with their uh, signing day videos? I, th- I thought it was off the charts awesome. I mean, I, that <laughs> I, those guys, I, I, the best part was the bloopers. And I'm sure there was a few bloopers they didn't include in there. Yeah, I'd say very I, I safe to say. Pretty, pretty cool. All right, Coach. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, good luck Saturday against Tulsa in the AAC championship game. Congrats on a great recruiting class. And uh, – Let's finish this thing off with an undefeated regular season. Amen to that, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks. All right. That's Mike Denbrock. Thanks to him. Thanks to Marcus Freeman. That wraps up this special edition of the BCJ podcast brought to you by Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.